Welcome to the shot with Cosmos with Cosmos and cheers to Chan Chandra Seskar and the absurd stars. Hey, hey, Chandra. Cheers. And table for y'all back home. That is so smooth. I really. Oh, wow. It just doesn't burn going down. No. Let's go back in time. <laughs> Let's go back in time. Nine. Uh, I'm not going to do the math. To 1930. 92 years. All right. Yeah, we're going to go back to 92 years. Yeah, roughly 1930. Um, in July of 1930, in fact. Oh my God, how many days is that? It is a lot. <laughs> 42 day units. Um, and um, one physicist that just recently got his degree. Oh, yay! Yeah, Subramian Chandra Saskar just got his degree and um, he got on a boat because he just won a, an opportunity to go to Cambridge University to. Further his studies. Wow. He's like, I'm on, a boat. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on a boat. And so while traveling from um, Tamil Nadu, India oh, wow. okay. to Cambridge, uh, England. That's a, he's going into yeah. the land of his oppressors. Yeah, uh, <laughs> exactly. So um, he had nothing to do but to think and to study. And so stressful. as one does, um, he naturally chose to. Uh, you know, apply his time uh -huh. um, to the theory of relativity and collapsing stars. Might as as well. one does. Yeah, as well. yeah, that's what I do. That's what I do every morning. Um, and so what he did was he calculated um, that a star would become a white dwarf okay. uh, if it had a mass less than 1.4 times the mass of the sun. Oh, yeah. okay. And so it would collapse down at the end of its life and become a white dwarf. And he reported about his calculations um, that it was so simple and elementary that do anyone could do it. <laughs> anyone could do it. Anyone. Anyone. Yeah. And so once he arrived in Cambridge, he found life to be a little difficult. Oh. Yeah. And so. British food. Yeah. And it was, and it was partly, mainly because of well. Racism. Uh, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, he reported being suffocatingly lonely, um, and he described it as like being a single electron in deadly free space. What? Which I really That's love that quote. Like poetic. <laughs> that is very poetic. Um, and so to compound all of this, um, not only did he have to deal with the racism, he had to deal with uh, the disfavor from Arthur Eddington, oh, who was an astronomy god at the time. Oh, so um, in fact, it was such disfavor from Eddington that at a conference, this is at a conference, editing, ed, edding, Eddington um, used that conference to level some critique at, uh, oh, at Chandra. Oh, no. Quote, I feel the same objections as earlier to this stellar buffoonery. Buffoonery? Stellar buffoonery? <laughs> At least it was sufficient to rouse my suspicion that there must be something wrong with the physical formula used. But he didn't stop there. He continued. He added, I think there should be a law of nature to prevent a star from behaving in this absurd way. 
Yay, Eddington. Stellar. I'm sorry, but I do like Stellar. Stellar buffoonery. Yeah, it's kind of great. That's yeah. Good. yeah. Context terrible. But <laughs> yes. Praise itself. <laughs> Uh, Chandra Seskar, um, he re- he responded, or or he said about how he felt about that. He says he oh, said, I felt that astronomers, without exception, thought I was wrong. They considered me as sort of a Don Quixote trying to kill Eddington. It was very discouraging experience for me to have my work completely and totally discredited by the astronomical community. Oh, no. but he's right. He was right. He was right. Um, and actually, despite that initial reception from Eddington and and the um, astronomical community, he um, his his calculations are now widely accepted. Mm-hmm. Um, and in fact, we have found white dwarves. You know, they litter the universe. Yeah, our but, sun is going to be one. Love that. Yeah. But not only not only did he do the calculations for white dwarfs, he actually made the calculations for um, neutron stars and how how much mass neutron oh, stars have. Neutron stars. And anything above a certain limit, the Chandrasekhar limit, becomes a black hole. That's right. Yes, yep. and so um, so he actually was proven. Um, right in the end, and he actually won the Nobel Prize. Oh, he yeah. won the Nobel Good Prize in 1983 yeah. for his quote studies on the physical processes important to the structure of the evolution of stars. And Very cool. I've yes. never heard of an Eddington Space Telescope. No. Yes. However, he he accepted the prize, Uh-oh. but he was a little irritated because in the he accepted it and he accepted it graciously. Uh-huh. But in the citation for the award, oh, no. they just talked about his early work and um, not anything about his lifelong contributions to astronomy, to uh, to physics. That's one of the faults of Nobels in general. Yeah, I mean, well, it's not just racism, it's sexism. Well, yes. We should do a whole podcast on that, by the way. Um, but... Um, and so, but he did accept it, and also the Chandra X-ray Observatory launched in July of 1999, um, which was, let me do the math, um, 69 years pretty much after he started this journey, was um, launched aboard the Space Shuttle Columbia, and um, is an X-ray observatory. I don't suppose he was alive to know he had a telescope named after him. No, he, no, he, he died in the 80s. Okay. Um, and actually, I found this very interesting kind of in the research of this is that his cousin, C.V. Raman, uh, he also won the Nobel Prize in really? 1930, the year that Eddington, uh, oh, yeah. Eddington left. I'm not, excuse me, not Eddington, but uh, Chandra, uh, Chandra Seskar left um, to go to in, uh, Cambridge. Um, his cousin won the Nobel Prize for discovery of the Raman, Raman effect, which is the change in wavelength that a light beam will experience due to... Um, collisions with molecules. Holidays in the family. I mean, what are the chances that you get two Nobel Prizes in one family? Yeah, and you're just like the cousin. Oh. Yeah, and, <laughs> and Raman, though, alright, so, you know, we've talked about Zwicky in yep. a podcast oh, being nice. just a curmudgeon, basically. Oh, I mean, good. yeah. Um, Raman, holy shit, his ego, his ego was on steroids. Um, and he And he was asked if uh, this is from Raman, this is not Chandra Seskar. Uh, he was asked if they had discovered the Raman effect a couple of years earlier, would he have accepted the Nobel Prize? 
Um, and he said, I probably would have gotten it with Compton. So no, I would not have accepted it. <laughs> it's, it's great. He said, he, he basically said, I would not have accepted it because I, I, I want it all myself. I, he was so sure that he was going to get the 1930 Nobel Prize that um, he got on a boat in July of 1930, just like Chandra Seskar, and, and went to Stockholm. And was just like, all right, well, <laughs> I'm, here. I'm just going to go. And, uh, and he got it. He That's got insane. it. He, he, I, I would hate working with those people, but I just love reading about them. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but, you know, to be honest, though, Chandra Seskar, he... Um, he actually did overcome oh, yes. a lot of the racism that was thrown his way. And so he actually really did have um, a legitimate um, beef, a legitimate, hey, you know, this irritates me about the citation of his, of his, um, of his Nobel Prize. And, and yeah, so that is the story of Chandra Scar and the Absurd Stars. Which really aren't all that absurd anyway. Stella buffoonery. Stella buffoonery. Cheers to Stella buffoonery. So, check us out on all things. We'll see you next time. And cheers, everybody. Cheers.